It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And today I am joined by NFL draft expert Jonah Tolles. He is an analyst for NDC, NDT Scouting. You can find his work on Twitter at Jonah Tolles NFL. You guys know his work. He's been on the, the uh, other podcast that I've done before. Jonah, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Marcus. Thanks for having me on, dude. All right, coming up on today's show, it's a special draft edition of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. We're going to dive into some of the prospects this year. Uh, we're going to start by highlighting five names that you should get familiar with if you are a Dallas Cowboy fan. Last year, when the Cowboys picked at 28, we kind of had a hard time narrowing it down because there's just so many guys that are going ahead of you. Um, although we did a pretty decent job last year. We kind of had a feeling it was going to come down to Watt and maybe some of these cornerbacks, but uh uh, Do you think any chance it was going to be Taco last year? Any chance at all? Really? I, I narrowed it down to like three or four guys just based on the visits and everything. I thought it was going to be T.J. Watt or Tyus Bowser myself. Yeah. Yep. But that caught me off guard. I, I think the Tack McKinley trade with the Falcons caught them off guard too. And I think yeah, it Charles, really messed them up. And yep. Charles Harris going to the Dolphins. I think everything. I think they kind of panicked. Because they're like, okay, well, we don't want to take Watt because they think he's only 245 pounds, can't play with his hand on the ground. So they took Taco, and I think it caught all of Cowboys Nation off guard, to be honest with you. Um, I thought he was one of those wild So we're going to do a better job. We'll, we'll a, do a better job at narrowing exactly it down right. this year. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to narrow it down a little better this time around because we were all caught off guard. Yeah, so with the Cowboys drafting at 19 this year, it should be easier to narrow it down. We can, I mean, we can almost bang out the first 10 picks of guys that you know aren't going to be there. Um, please, Cowboy Nation, please stop sending us questions about Roquan Smith. I love him. Jonah, I'm sure you love him. He will not be there when the Cowboys pick. Okay? That's the last time we're going to talk about him on the show. All right. So before we get into our list, uh, which was assembled by you, Jonah, let's just spend a minute to talk about the Cowboys' needs. What three positions could you see the Cowboys going in the first round? Or do you think it's you know more than that? Or are there just one position you think they're going to go? Where do you expect them to at least look at in the first round? Yeah, well, well obviously, in every draft, you guys see how the board falls. And whereas, I like how Dane Brugger puts it, the best player available within reason. And I think the three sure. positions that I would definitely pick out are the one technique or the three technique, defense tackle. That needs to be upgraded regardless. We, we still got to wait on what happens with David Irving, but before that happens, it's definitely a need. Um, I would sure. I would definitely put the Z in consideration um, with the uncertainty around you know the, the wide receiver core for the next two or three years, probably a potential replacement for Des Bryant. I think that needs to be a focus in this draft. Even though the contract details will be a little murky, I still think that can be upgraded, and I think they could use a, a early-round pick on that. Um, then the last one's the linebacker position. With the uncertainty around Sean Lee's health and then Jalen Smith, obviously, 
I think you need someone there. You need at least more depth. Anthony Hitchens, are you going to resign him? We don't know. So definitely a linebacker is a position of need at this point. But if there was a a defensive end that fell to them, they wouldn't be opposed to drafting a defensive end or safety or maybe even a cornerback, correct? Yeah, I, I really think it's just how the board falls, like I said earlier. I mean, if a cornerback, like, you know, if, if a cornerback just falls to you, like Denzel Ward just falls to you, are you going to pass on him? I, I really don't think so. Or a safety, like Derwin James falls to you, I don't think this team would pass on him. Um, then you got yeah, Marcus, we need to talk yeah. about Derwin on a different show because yeah. I, I, I watched him yesterday and I've got some thoughts. We're going to yeah, have to I, save him I, for a different I, show. I, I do too. And I tell you, if a right defensive end falls to you, I don't know which one it is. It's not a great class at the top, but if someone falls, like, let's say if Bradley Chubb falls out of like the top 10 or so, which I just do not see happening, I mean, I would not be opposed to trading up for that guy. But, you know, it's just how the board falls. And if a defensive end, corner, or safety is on the board there, that I would categorize as a top 10 pick. Man, I would. I, I don't see this team passing on him. So even if it's the best player available within reason, you got to see how the board falls. And I think those three positions are the ones you highlighted are definitely possibilities. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our five names. I, I think these are five realistic targets. There's one on here that I'm I'm a little suspicious that they're actually going to fall. But uh, let, let's go ahead and dive into those five guys. And we're going to start with that first one, which is Calvin Ridley, wide receiver from Alabama. Uh, I am not sure he is going to fall that far because this is a guy that can play right away. There's some teams ahead of them that really need receivers, especially Baltimore. I, I don't see how Baltimore can't take Ridley if he's there. But tell us a little bit about Calvin Ridley and how he would fit with the Cowboys. Yeah, so this is my first option for Dallas. Because I think this would be their primary target if he fell to them. Um, perfect fit as a Z receiver. You know, opposite of Des Bryant, who's played the X. I mean, if this team's looking for their Stephon Diggs, this is their guy. I mean, this guy runs hmm. crisp routes. This guy's this guy checks all the boxes in the three phases of the game as a wide receiver. Wins the release and press coverage. Wins before the catch. Wins at the catch point. And then he wins after the catch. This guy can really do it all for you. You said it earlier. This guy is a plug-and-play dude. This guy's going to be I think you're going to have to walk a minefield with this guy in the in the draft. You said Baltimore. Spoiler alert: He's going to Baltimore. My mock draft coming up. So, <laughs> I, so Ozzy's not passing up on an Alabama guy. Yeah, that exactly. Fills the need Alabama for him. connection, the need. He just fits what Ozzy wants to do there, and that's the. I think that's the tipping point where you want to trade up for Ridley. But yeah, Ridley has to be the top target for this team because of the fit as a Z receiver. I compared him a lot to Michael Thomas. I know Michael Thomas is a little bit bigger than mm, him. I like that. But just the smoothness and fluidity to his game, I mean, you just don't see players you know, like that in college. And the same thing was on Michael Thomas at Ohio State. And I think he could be just the perfect fit opposite of Dez for his offense. And the, really, the receiver that can get that going again in his, um, in his third season. Does his age scare you a little bit? Because I believe he's going to be, what, 24 before the season starts? Yeah, see, th- there's obviously, you know, a polarizing debate of about this. It up. Yeah, there's <laughs> obviously a polarizing debate around this, sir, kind of started by you <laughs> specifically. Sure. But, uh, I, no, I, I was just kidding. But, you know, Calvin Ridley. No, no, no it's true. It's true. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of research that goes into this that. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. It, and, and not that I hate old receivers. That, that's in this, uh, really quickly. Not that I hate old receivers. It's just that you look at the history of young receivers versus older receivers and the young receivers typically pan out 
at a higher rate than the older receivers do. And there's a lot of reasons behind that that I'm not going to get into right now. But it's it's really the upside part of it. But go ahead and continue with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, no, and I'm with you on team age. I mean, me and you were both step in step with Juju Smith-Schuster as a late one early two last year. We thought mm-hmm. that guy was the real deal, and he ended up having a stellar rookie season. But Calvin Ridley, at 24 years old, he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie. I understand that. But he's a plug and play dude. I mean, this guy's gonna give. I think this guy's gonna be a thousand yard receiver when he walks into the NFL. He's a perfect fit as a Z receiver. Everyone's looking for that next Stephon Diggs, Michael Thomas kind of player. This is that guy, and I don't think it's. I don't think teams are gonna pass on him if they need a receiver like Baltimore. I think, I think that's the lowest he will go. But I do think it is reasonable to see him fall out of the top ten or top twelve. Yeah, I think we've that's before because he isn't the biggest guy. I mean, he's about one ninety, soaking wet. Um, this guy. Isn't gonna run four three four four one. He's not gonna run that kind of fat. He's not gonna run the kind of speed Christian Kirk's gonna run. Um, but it's just, I think Calvin Ridley is just so well rounded. I don't think the age is gonna matter because he is so ready to play right now. He's ready to give you instant production. I don't think that's gonna scare off teams as much as it will his size will. But you just never know with these NFL teams. And I think there's a realistic chance he could fall to nineteen if ball, if someone falls to Baltimore. The only way he falls to nineteen is if Baltimore is given someone that just falls like a Denzel Ward or something like that, just falls in their lap. But he would be the perfect fit opposite Dez as a Z receiver. Right. I'm looking at the draft order. And if, you, if you're if you a Calvin Ridley guy and you want him to fall to Dallas, here are the spots that I can kind of see him going. Uh, at number six, they have the Jets. I, I got to believe they're going quarterback there. But uh, number eight, Chicago, they desperately need a receiver. San Francisco at nine, maybe they try to get Jimmy Garoppolo a number one receiver. Uh, Washington at 13, potentially. Green Bay at 14, and then Baltimore at 16. So you've got like four or five teams sitting, sitting right up there. Dallas is at 19. Uh, if they want to make the move, I think they could do it. I think they could jump up to 15 and 14 and not give up a ton. But uh, you never know what's going to happen on draft day. But I would agree, Calvin Ridley is a perfect fit in this offense. Uh, he won't be a receiver that I would uh, take in the top 10. But for me, in the Cowboys situation, I think he's a perfect fit in the middle of the first round. All right, let's move on to another receiver that both you and I really like. And that's Christian Kirk of Texas A&M. Tell us a little bit about Christian Kirk. Yeah, so Chris Kirk, Texas A&M wide receiver, um, had that big bowl game. Oh my goodness, the guy just blew up. But... This guy's one of my favorite prospects in draft for a couple of reasons. Because I think a lot of people like to box him as a slot receiver. That's what he did at Texas A&M. So he was known best for punt returns, that kind of stuff like that. I don't want to box him into any certain position. I think he can play outside. You think he can play outside? I think he can play yeah, the yeah, Z. Yeah. I think he can play the Z. And even though he just played the slot at A&M, I think you've seen enough to where he can beat he can be prescribed off the release. He can run good routes. I mean, he didn't run a full route tree. Not not a lot of Big Twelve receivers. Not a lot of Big Twelve SEC receivers run a lot of uh, full route tree. But if you look at his feet. You look how crispy was his eye manipulation, his head fakes. I really do think he's going to be a great route runner on the next level. Um, his quickness, uh, just. He doesn't have natural hands like, like Calvin Ridley does or like a guy like DJ Moore has, but he secures the ball. He has good eye discipline. He, he looks the ball in before he runs with the ball. And obviously his after-the-catch skills are phenomenal. He's a blur with the – like, it's like catching a ghost when he has the ball in his hands. So I think he can play outside, inside. He's going to be a brilliant kick returner for you. Uh, Dallas doesn't really need a spot of kick returner, but this guy can play anywhere for you in the offense, I think. And I think just give him the ball in his hands and let him do the rest. So I think Christian Kirk is a viable option 19. I'm not sure if they're going to like him enough to put them there. Like, 
we might like him more than Dallas does because we don't know if Dallas is going to put him as a slot receiver only. But in my opinion, I think he can be a Z or a slot receiver in this offense, and he could do a lot of good things opposite of Des Bryant in this offense. Yeah, so just a couple quick things on Kirk. I'm going to be interested to see what he measures in at. Is he 5'11", 200? Does he hit six foot? I mean, I just, I'm just i curious to see how big he really is. Uh, he's another young receiver, uh, just turned 21 in November. Um, I like that he can do things on special teams. To me, he's one of those guys that if you could tell me that the Cowboys dropped down five spots and grabbed him, I would be fine with that. I'm just not sure he's this absolute lock first rounder, um, but we still have a long ways to go in the process. I think some of the athletic testing will help. See, when I watched him, I didn't see this blur speed. I, I thought a couple times he got caught from behind. I'm kind of expecting him to run in the mid four fours. Am I off there? No, I, I don't think you're off there. I think when he runs with the ball, He's really slippery, really quick, and he has a lot of build-up speed. So, I don't, I don't think running four, is he four, five. Tate? I think, is he Golden Tate? That's kind of who I saw. Uh, I, I think Golden Tate's more James Washington, to be honest with you. I think this guy's more. Ooh, okay. I think this guy's a little more Brandon Cooks than him. I think this guy has a little more after the catch. Of, I think, man, I, I'm a big fan of Christian Kirk, dude. I, I think this guy's gonna be a deep threat. He's a guy over the middle for you. I've seen him comp to Jarvis Landry, but he's much faster than Jarvis Landry was coming out of LSU. Yeah, I, yes, he is. I, I'm thinking more 4-4-2, 4-4-3, but I mean, if that's not much of a difference at 4-4-5, 4-4-6. This guy's just fast. No, that's he, what they need. And, and, and they, they need that. Yeah, exactly. And his play speed is much, it's going to be much faster than his time speed, I think. And he's just a really hard player to guard. Really hard to predict what he's going to do because he could beat you deep or over the middle. This guy, like, like you said, if we could drop down five or four or five spots, pick up this guy, pick up an extra third or fourth rounder, I'd love that. But because there's so much defensive talent at 19, probably you could probably get, but you probably get the same caliber wide receiver in the second round if DJ Moore, Michael Gallup falls there. But Christian well, DJ Kirk, Moore's going in the first round. Let's just let's just get that out there. DJ I mean, Moore's going in the first once, round. That, that might be the second best receiver in the class. Once he just, blows, let me just put that out there. Once he blows up the combine, you're going to see a lot of rumors to him. To teams like Atlanta, New Orleans, and the bottom of the first yeah. round but yeah i'm all in on christian kirk at 19 i'm just not sure this team's gonna do it because you're gonna see how many measures if you measures in lower than below 511 i just don't think dallas will take him in at 19 but again i think he's, he's gonna, gonna have a tough. stellar i think he's gonna have a stellar career in the nfl I, whatever team he goes to he's gonna be a top-notch playmaker all right, let's go to a guy that I think we're going to fight a, a little bit about. And this is a guy that I actually studied <laughs> uh, for most of the day today. And uh, All right, let's just jump in. Tremaine Edwards, uh, Edmonds, excuse me, from Virginia Tech, a linebacker, played all over for the Hokies, played a little bit of edge, played a middle linebacker, Sam, weak side. Tell us a little bit about Tremaine Edmonds. Oh, man, yeah. I, you're going to kill me for this one. But I think this no, guy's. I want to hear it. I think this guy's Miles Jack Light. I think, but with his athleticism and with, he's a better athlete than football player right now. And I think that's what we saw a little bit. Miles Jack, I mean, great cover. I mean, this guy is six foot five, two fifty. This guy's covering players in a slot. You just don't see that guy's his size. And tell his, them about him. Tell them about his age. How old is he? He is nineteen. He is 19. It, it gives you vibes of a Moby Okoye when he went into the draft. So this guy mm-hmm. is young. This guy is a freak athlete. Um, he's not as instinctive as you want to be in a linebacker position right now. Um, but I think he can. I, when, when you look at his athleticism and you look at his closing speed, sideline to sideline range, 
I think this guy can play weak side linebacker, Mike linebacker. Uh, I think you can even experiment with him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. This guy can really play anywhere for you on defense. He's not, scheme, he's not locked into any certain scheme. Um, I'm a big fan of this guy. I had him in my third. I mean, I have him in the 30s on my big board uh, that went out last week. But I think I was a little too low on him, honestly. And when you look at his traits, <laughs> they're kind of special. There's you don't find players his size with his movement skills with his age <laughs> like this. So the guys, I mean, you can take a guy like Leighton Vanderesk or a guy like Rashawn Evans and get you know you can get safe, consistent production. But they don't have the upside. This guy, and I think Edmonds is going to be taking the top fifteen and. Boy, this guy has special potential. I think he has as much upside as any defensive prospect in this draft, to be honest with you. All right, so let's dig into this a little bit. So first of all, I understand the fit for the Cowboys for a few different reasons. Number one, I think Edmonds is a guy that's going to need a lot of time to develop in the NFL. I don't think this is a guy Uh, that you throw on the field— yeah, I, I don't think this is a guy that you throw on the field in year one and expect him to start for your team. Now, Dallas may have that luxury of picking a linebacker here and uh, you know burying him behind Jalen Smith and Sean Lee and letting him develop. But in the meantime, are you really going to spend a top 20 pick on a guy that you don't think can start for you right away? I'm just not convinced. Because when I watch Edmonds, I agree the movement skills are fantastic. Uh, I thought his best play came when he was in man coverage, um, when he was covering guys at the slot. And in the same way, that reminded me a lot of Miles Jack. But the part that I did not like about his game is I just felt like he didn't have the instincts to play middle linebacker. Not only did he not have the instincts, I just didn't see the physicality in his hands. Uh, He just didn't seem like he loved contact. He tried to avoid it as much as he could and just use his athleticism. You can't do that in the NFL as a Mike linebacker. you got to absolutely thrive in contact situations. I, I I put a second, third round grade on it because I just don't know what he is right now. I, is he a weak side linebacker? Is he a Sam that you put out on tight ends? Is he an edge rusher? I, I don't know. I think for people that have him as high as they do, I think they're really trusting that he's going to develop into whatever they picture him being. But right now I see a guy that's really raw and that is not yet ready to play in the NFL. Do you disagree with me on any of those points? Well, you made a lot of good points there. And a lot of points I don't disagree with at all. I think that he's a traits pick. You're, you're, banking, sure. on, you're banking on him, what he could become, not what he is now. And it's a lot, you know, there's a guy on my list. There's a guy who's not on this list that I really love. His name is Taven Bryan from Florida. Same kind of thing. I feel like a lot of people are down on him because they see the traits, but they don't see as much production as, as he should with his kind of talent. But when you trust the traits, mm-hmm. These kind of players can become pro bowlers, and they have pro bowl upside. And these are the guys I want on my team because you don't see these guys walking around on a daily basis. You don't, see, you don't scout these kind clear, of guys in every draft let, class. Yeah, I was going to say, let's be clear. that it, It's it's not a bad thing to pick a traits guy in the top 20. There's guys that are, that are traits guys all the time that are picked up there. I can remember Jason Pierre-Paul was – I think he had like six and a half career sacks before he was drafted in the top 20, and look how that one turned out. And yep. even Ryan Shazier at – Ohio State, the guy that the Cowboys wanted to draft, I think he was just a traits guy coming out of Ohio State, and he developed as a linebacker. So I, I'm not condemning him at all by saying he's just a traits guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I feel you there. I just feel like Tremaine Edmonds, I don't want to box him in a certain position because I think he can play Mike. He can play Will. He can be a sub-package player. He can play Sam, cover tight ends. I really think this guy can play any position at, at 
when it's three, four, we're staying on the edge of the pass rusher. He can play inside, but outside. Whatever the team wants to do with him, they have to have a plan with him, what they're going to do with him, because he could be a chess piece for a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a kind of player where a defensive coordinator is going to stand up for him in the board setting meetings for him and say, hey, if we had this type of player, we can change our defense around to where we can match up, we can set him with certain matchups. So I think he will get on the field year one, may not in a set position, like a Mike or a Will. He might just be a matchup piece, but he has the ability to. I think he has the ability and the upside to develop into a starting Mike linebacker for a long time but, or a starting weak side linebacker. Think, do you think – is Dallas the place to develop those kind of matchup pieces? Because we just – we haven't seen them do that very often where they, they're they comfortable with the matchup, miss, you know, these guys that don't have a true position. You are right about that. And I will say this. Just – I listed his name for a couple reasons. First of all, I think – Honestly, even with Calvin Ridley, I think he's the least likely to make it to 19 of this list just because I think he's going to blow up the combine. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. No, I, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just look at recent history. The Cowboys have won in linebackers forever. If Ryan Shazier wasn't true. drafted for Zach Martin, uh, they would have taken him. If Shaq Thompson wasn't drafted for Byron Jones, they would have taken Absolutely. him. So if we look at Tremaine Edmonds, he has, he has a very similar skill set, a lot of traits they're similar to those type of players, and Dallas falls in love with those kind of linebackers who are, who are kind of like a chess piece, but they could develop into a starting linebacker position for a long time. I really think they're going to be high on him. I just don't know who he makes it there, but I have confidence that they would take him if he were there. All right, let's go ahead and move on to two defensive tackles, and we're going to start with our friend John Owning's favorite player in the entire draft, Vita Vea, <laughs> defensive tackle from Washington. Uh, I, I'll go ahead and go first. I love Vea. I love watching him. Uh, it makes me a little bit mad that our friend John stole him from me. Uh, but yeah, I think Vea is the, is the perfect piece for the Cowboys defense that they haven't had in several years. I think this is a guy that you can play as a one. You could even have him play as a three. He's perfect for what they want in their Deacon package is he can play that nose tackle position. Um, his effort is incredible, and Rod Marinelli would love that. But the t- Cowboys just don't value that one technique. They, they just don't put a lot of resources into that spot. So as good as Vita Vea is... I have a hard time believing the Cowboys would actually pull the trigger on Vea. What do you think about Vea as the player in his fit in Dallas? Tell you what, that better change because this guy is a monster, dude. At one technique, this guy just six takes four on, three forty. This guy takes on double teams and throws them throws them away like a piece of trash, dude. This guy tackled Bryce Love with his own guard. I mean, yeah, this watch guy, that Stanford game. That Stanford game was incredible. I mean, Fina Vea has King Kong strength, man, with his hands, with his <laughs> lower body. And this guy has more bend than some of the defensive ends in this class. This guy is mm-hmm. a freak athlete. And I'm telling you, this guy is going to be a beast in the NFL. Plays a one technique or a three technique. I just want him on my team. At this point, I really don't care if he plays a one or a three right now. I just want him to put him on the defensive line and I'll instantly change the run game right now. Um, the. Like you said earlier, Rod Marinelli and that defense and those evaluators don't value the one technique highly enough to take one in the first round. Well, Andy has short arms, that. and that's going to be a problem. We, we've He's seen got that. short arms. Exactly. We've had guys like Timmy Jernigan. We've seen guys like Eddie Goldman. Dallas didn't value him high enough to take them at their respective spots. Shree Floyd. Exactly right. So I'm not sure if that's going to change, but if I were the GM and Vita Vea were sitting there at 19, I would not hesitate. This guy is a monster. This guy's a beast of the line of scrimmage. Uh, you got to worry about his little instincts and his ball recognition right now. He's he's a little underdeveloped in his little in his, the awareness part of the game right now. But 
if you want a guy who's going to change your run game instantly and give you a little bit of pass rush of the one technique that some one techniques won't offer, this guy is your perfect prospect for that for that role at the Cowboys at the one technique spot. Yeah, and I think he's another guy too that once he once he is in a actual NFL scheme and he doesn't have to play ninety five percent of the snaps that like Washington was asking him to play. I think you're going to get even better production out of him. Uh, I know a lot of people have asked me, how does he compare to Danny Shelton? I see a to- uh, just a light years better player than Danny Shelton. 100%. He's got a better body. Plays with more. Yeah, he plays with more strength. Uh, I-, I think he's a lot closer to Holodi Nada than he is Danny Shelton. If that I makes like sense. That. Um, one more guy we need to talk about, and this is a guy that I've kind of had my eye on since last year when I was studying Taco Charlton. It's Maurice Hurst from Michigan, defensive tackle. Tell me a little bit about Maurice Hurst. Yeah, this is the other side of the coin. Because a lot of people want to play Malik Collins as a three, but if Dallas decides to not bring David Irving back and they want to move Malik to the one, I think Maurice Hurst is your guy. This guy's a three technique, a perfect under tackle for Rod Marinelli's scheme. He likes to get up field, his interior quickness, excellent pass rusher from that spot. Um, there's going to be a lot of Aaron Donald comparisons on his way, but he's just not the athlete Donald was. But his quickness, his just get off, the ability to work his hands and his technique right now, just so developed. I think he's a plug and play under tackle for Dallas. And I'm not sure if they would take him either. It, is, it depends on what he measures in. If he measures at 295 at the Senior Bowl and not 285, I think it'll go a long way for his status. But mm-hmm. I. This, even with his size, this guy takes on double. He played nose tackle at Michigan, so he has experience with the one technique in that, in that nose role, and he has taken on double teams. He has been efficient in run support, but you're drafting him for his pass rush potential. This guy could be a six to eight sack guy a year at defensive tackle, and I think he's the perfect guy for Rob Miller's scheme as the under tackle position or the three technique, as some call it. So if he's there at 19, I think that would give him consideration, but it all depends on when he measures at the combine. If he measures at 285, six foot 285, I, he's just not going to make the thresholds. But if you measure two, six six one six two two ninety five, I think it's going to give him a hard look. Yeah, he's a guy that I'm really interested to watch here at the Senior Bowl next week because uh, I think he's got the potential to be <laughs> to be a top twenty pick. Um, I love how productive he was at Michigan. I I think he was clearly their best defensive player this year. Um, I, I saw him just dominate all season long. Uh, it just pressures after pressures. He had 13 tackles for a loss this year, five and a half sacks, and everybody knew he was the best player on their defensive line. So I love Maurice Hurst. I think that's a guy that if you want to just continue to throw assets on your defensive line, he is a great player to plug in there, find a spot for him. He'll play everywhere on their defensive line for him. I really, really like Maurice Hurst. Um, any other guys, just really quickly, that the Cowboys should keep their eye on, maybe some sleepers in the first round. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you one as you're thinking. Um, Marcus Davenport, I know a guy that a lot of people have been talking about, uh, defensive end, uh, six foot seven, 255 pounds. He's going to the senior bowl next week. Just a big athletic rangy defensive end. If, if the Cowboys are looking for a true right end, I think he's got some of the potential to be that pick at number 19. Any other guys, the Cowboys need to keep their eye on. I have two guys for you. The first one I mentioned earlier with Tremaine, with Tremaine Edmonds is Taven Bryan. I think a lot of people see him right now as a second, third round guy at that under tackle spot. Little underdeveloped with his instincts awareness. I do see him. He goes a little upfield too often. Can be a liability in the run game because he gets upfield. He's easily trapped. But this guy has as much pass rush potential as any interior rusher I've seen since Aaron Donald. I'm really high on mm. this guy. I'm, I have him in my top 10 on my big board. I'm going to have him a lot higher than a lot of people do. But 
I feel like this guy can be – this guy is the limit for this guy. And if he's there – if he if I were the GM of Dallas and he were there at 19, I would give him a hard, hard look because this guy is under tackle with 10 sack potential as a defensive tackle. Um, the other guy I want to mention here is another guy I'm really, really high on. And a lot of people might not take this too great. And that's James Daniels from, from Iowa. And um, this guy is 20 years old. This guy's not going to turn 21 until September. I mean, I'm telling you, this guy's a center guard, great for a zone blocking scheme. This guy's reach box has a mobility of a this guy's a mobility almost of a tight end. This guy is crazy athletic. Um, whereas on a reach box or just getting the second level, he overpowers people one on ones. People want to talk about Billy Price, Braden Smith, these guards who are great players who want to four year seniors like this. I like this guy better. And I think this guy will go in the first mm-hmm. round because of what his age is and what he's already doing at product at the level here. He produced at Iowa. I think he's going to go in the late first round. We've seen guards go in the late first round in several years. He's in interior offensive line. We've seen him pick up with guys like Lincoln Tomlinson. I think this guy's light years better than guys like Lincoln, Lincoln Tomlinson. He can play center or guard. And if he's in a zone blocking scheme, this guy's going to be a Pro Bowls in his future. And such at 20 years old, this guy can, this guy can, is reliable on pass protection. Get the second level on those reach blocks. This guy is perfect for this offense. And if you move him at left guard, plug and play, this guy's an immediate upgrade over what you had. And even though it would be a little bit of a reach at 19, I have him at 22 on my big board. So I would not hesitate, but he is definitely a sleeper if they trade down, especially if they get an offer in the 25-26 range. Say, hey, we'll give you a third-round pick to sweeten the deal. Perfect. Move down, take James Daniels. I'd love to pick. Yeah, there's going to be some teams at the bottom of that first round that could be interested in quarterbacks. Uh, You have Buffalo sitting at 21 and 22. Jacksonville is going to be picking in the bottom of the first round. It's going to be interesting to see which teams come up. Um, Jonah, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. And that's it for our show. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We would like to thank Jonah for coming on the show. Make sure you follow him at Jonah Tolls NFL. Just a fantastic follow. Football content every single day. If you want to follow somebody worse, you can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. <laughs> and we will see you guys back here tomorrow to answer your Twitter questions. And we will see you next time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.